Welcome once again. This is On Mike with Jordan Rich. How do you reach us? Jordan at chartproductions.com. Chart Productions, where we produce the podcast. On Twitter, it's at JordanWBZ. And on Facebook, it's The Jordan Rich Show. You know, more and more of us are curious about our past, our own personal, family, and cultural history, which is why genealogy is one of the hottest pastimes. But for some, including today's guest, it's not only a pastime, it's a calling and it's a profession that he and his colleagues take seriously. I'm talking about the work done at American Ancestors and the New England Historic Genealogical Society. Located in Boston's Back Bay, it's America's founding genealogical organization and the most respected name in family history established in 1845. They've got it all, an expert staff, original scholarship, the terrific website we'll talk about, certainly education, a research center, and they're really standing by to help. Today's guest is D. Brenton Simons, the president and CEO of the organization. He's an award-winning author. He's been featured on CNN, Fox, BBC, PBS, The New York Times, and elsewhere. Brenton is a board member of Plymouth 400 and the New England Quarterly, a member of the American Antiquarian Society, the Society of the Cincinnati, the Club of Odd Volumes, the Colonial Society of Massachusetts. Oh, my God, it goes on and on and on. And he's also a recipient of the Award of Merit from the American Association for State and Local History and the Spirit of 1812 Award from the National Society of the United States Daughters of 1812. And that's just the start of it gives me great pleasure to welcome my friend D. Brenton Simons to the podcast with American Ancestors. Let's go on, Mike. Let's begin with this. What a great time to be in genealogy, isn't it? Well, it's an amazing time, and so many records are available now that uh, even a few years ago we couldn't have imagined. Uh, resources growing all the time and new tools, uh, and we're excited about it. Uh, my organization's been around now for 175 years. We were the founding genealogical organization in the world, and we're excited to be at the vanguard of uh, influencing um, one of the most popular activities in America it and cer- the world. It certainly is, and might I say the website, americasancestors.org, uh, you can get lost and never get found again. It's, it's uh, truly amazing how much material is available right online. Yes, it, it's AmericanAncestors.org, and we have 1.4 billion records and adding millions all the time. And it's very interactive. People can go on the website and do research, ask our staff genealogists questions, order books or other materials, um, take a webinar for free. Mm. Uh, some are by subscription, but, but many are for free, and you can go on and, and do a lot uh, on our website and um, and we encourage that. In the past, I've talked with folks who feel frustrated thinking, well, my family's from overseas. The records are certainly gone. I don't know where this is going to take me, if anywhere. Should people be hopeful, even if they think that possibilities are dim, that there is something out there for them? Oh, yes. This happens all the time. Um, in fact, the majority of people coming into this just may not have any idea or they may say, well, I had an aunt who was interested in it or a cousin. And so this is a, a voyage of self-discovery. Uh, people love digging in and making discoveries. And uh, resources are available for really all corners of the world. Uh, now, that doesn't mean some research can be very tough, uh, very time-consuming. You may need to use experts, such as those we have on our staff, to help guide you. 
um, but there are a huge, <clears throat> excuse me, a huge number of resources available to help anyone get started. You have approximately 250,000 members, maybe more by this point. What are these people doing as members? What's the benefit to them? Well, people love being associated with an institution like this because not only do we provide content online, but we're the gold standard in the field. So there are wonderful commercial websites, and uh, the Latter-day Saints have a website, and those are terrific, and we, we work closely with them. But what we do here is different. We analyze data, we verify it, we synthesize it. We're really concerned about the quality of the information. Because if you just go online and do random searches, there's a lot of erroneous information out there. And we look at people's charts virtually every day that are full of information that is mistaken. Mm. Now, the good news is we can direct them to the correct information. Um, so we we uh, So we like to say we giveth and we taketh away. <laughs> well, you have a beautiful building on Newbury Street, and I, I urge people to check it out at some point. But one of the things that I've noticed, and I've been there on more than one occasion, is the amount of material, obviously, is still on paper, still on book. Yes. So, so there is a vast amount of material that is um, that is on paper, and uh, and the work of digitizing that will take. Uh, decades. Um, we we are very actively producing uh, content and working on a number of special projects to bring content out to people. Um, just for example, we have a groundbreaking arrangement with the Boston Archdiocese to bring uh, Boston area sacramental records from 1790 mm. into the early 20th century. This was huge. This was the first. Um, Catholic record uh, database of its kind in the country. Um, our work with uh, the Georgetown University 272, tracing the, and this has been in the press a lot, tracing the descendants of the slaves who were sold by Georgetown in the 19th century. Uh, the apocryphal story was that they had died. No, they survived and they've left thousands of descendants and we're stewarding that project. Um, we have a Jewish Heritage Center, uh, which came to us in 2010 from Hebrew College, started at Brandeis, and now has its permanent home here on Newbury Street. And that's opening doors for a huge number of families. And we're digitizing materials like the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society records, uh, how people came over from Eastern Europe, and how they got a foothold in America. And so all of these things and more are, you know, really it's groundbreaking work, and we're excited mm. about it. And we also have a lot of um, material for the early American history, and, and right now, and, and uh, you might be getting to this, but right now we're preparing for the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower, which will happen uh, happening this year in 2020. That's right. Um, and that's a big, big deal. Before we go any further, I was lucky enough and honored to be the MC at an event that heralded the uh, the Jewish project. And I remember the look on the faces, particularly of the older folks, who were so happy and proud and emotional. Talk a little bit about some of the reaction you get as the director of this austere organization. You must get some interesting feedback from people when they, they know that they're now connected to the past. Well, that's a great question, Jordan. And, you know, one of the most gratifying things that we do is give people that 
powerful experience. Um, people love to know where they're from and how they're connected to history. And it is emotional. It's, it's very moving. And for many people, they don't think about it until later in their life, and they realize they need to begin to communicate a legacy to their children and grandchildren. Now, happily, there are a lot of young people involved in genealogy, too, and I, I can tell you more about that. But, um, but it is, it's a very moving experience to see, to sit with a person, to hear their stories, to hear, to sit with someone in their 80s or 90s and hear about their grandparents and their influences and their struggles, and, or to share with those same people the struggles of their ancestors who underwent great, in many cases, great privations to come to America to start a better life. And so it is, it's emotionally powerful. And one of the wonderful things that's happened in the last decade is that this has exploded throughout our country. And it is now, you can't, as you say, you can't turn on a television set without seeing reference to DNA tests and, mm. um, you know, just knowing that this is an important part of our culture today. And, and I think that's very good for America. We're taking stock of the past. And as sadly, as schools teach history less, we feel at our society, at American Ancestors and New England Historic Genealogical Society, we feel the great responsibility of coming in and also providing these history and family history experiences for young people. And now there is amazing data, Rich, that shows that the when young people are exposed to family history units, to a family history uh, curriculum, that they have more poise, mm. that they're better adjusted, and it doesn't matter whether they're suburban kids or urban kids, that this experience is important and powerful to young people, and that's a message we want to get out there. And as a teaching tool, a history teaching tool, I can't think of anything more sort of fascinating to a, a young person or anybody to know, hey, it was my great-great-grandmother who was part of the uh, Underground Railroad, let's say, or my great-grandfather who, uh, when coming over to this country, uh, worked in a particular part of town that I now enjoy dinner in or whatever. It makes history sort of come alive for those of us when we know our ancestors lived it. Exactly. And, you know, and you think about this year with the uh, anniversary of women's suffrage, mm-hmm. to think about um, women not being able to vote. And, I mean, it just it's very eye-opening when you look at history and, and again, looking at the, the Mayflower 400th. Um, it doesn't matter to me whether someone is a Mayflower descendant. It's very nice, and I am, and, and that's exciting to be connected to it. But there's a deeper story there. And when those people got to these shores in 1620, they created the Mayflower Compact. And that self-governance document was inspired, and it was uh, it was one of the pillars of our democracy. It really was a formative document in the democracy that we enjoy in this country today, and that has thus spread around the world. And so, so by connecting to history, you get perspectives that you just don't think about in your everyday life. And it is it is powerful, and it's important. You don't have to go into detail, but how has it changed your attitude and reflection on history to know your own personal history? And you say it goes back to the Mayflower. Well, 
I think for me, it's I, I love the exploration of it, and I love learning about things I didn't necessarily learn in school. And so, so for me, it's just gratifying to explore history and to feel so engaged with it. And I get joy from seeing other people make discoveries and hearing their family stories. And so, so knowing some of my own history, and, and like everyone, I have lines that I have yet to work on or lines that, that need, need more attention or maybe problematic in terms of the source records that are available. Um, but to me, it's just a lifelong pursuit. Mm. It's something that I love doing, and I feel so blessed to be able to do it professionally. I know some folks who are professional writers who utilize your services because there's a lot of research that goes into even writing a novel, let's say, historical fiction. But uh, other uses for the genealogical society, I imagine, beyond just individuals wanting to know their, their ancestry, what would some of those uses be? Well, so there are many uses, and all of the important historians of the day use, I'm happy to say, use our materials, and we work with them, and in many cases have given them their genealogies, and this includes people like David McCullough and Doris Kearns Goodwin and Ken Burns and you name it, many, many other people uh, that we engage in the activity of family history, and they in turn use our resources in what what uh, they do. Um, one of the things we're really proud of is our association with Henry Louis Gates and his show, Finding Your Roots, which has been filmed in our mm. house here on Newbury Street. It's now and it's uh, has had six seasons on PBS. It's a wildly popular show, and we're really pleased to be a part of it and support that. And that's the kind of thing we do. We publish books. We publish about 30 books a year. We take people on tours, both in this country and abroad. Um, we have almost 200 educational programs a year. We're like a university. I tell people we have different <laughs> different. A, a, a smaller campus, but a lot of activity, and we're one of the hidden gems of Boston. And in, in an odd way, we're better known in California and Texas and Florida than we are in our own backyard, and we Isn't want to that correct that. And I'm talking with Brenton Simons, the president and CEO of the New England Genealogical Society, and of course, AmericasAncestors.org is the website. And you've written uh, a lot, but your two big books on on the site that I wanted to mention was Boston Be Held and uh, Witches, Wakes, and Rogues which sounds like a law firm, but Boston, Boston be <laughs> held. tongue twister. Yes. <laughs> Boston be held. You mentioned the rest of the country, probably the rest of the world. This is, for the new world, kind of where it all got started. So what a perfect place for you to be, my friend. Uh, not only you're from here, but you're working in this environment. I mean, I can't think of a better, more exciting starting place for genealogy than here. Well, that's right. I mean, it, it is, and we want people to visit us, of course, in Boston and have a, have a really tailored personal experience in exploring their history with, with our experts. Um, but, we, but anyone can do it on, online. You can register for free. And I should just say it's AmericanAncestors.org. Oh, I'm sorry, and, American. That's, that's right. Yep. And, um, and anyone can register there for free and use our resources. If you want to use even more resources, you can join as a member. But we invite everyone uh, to come use our free resources. And uh, we, we love 
helping people. We have millions of users who use our website, and um, I hope all your listeners will will take a visit to it. I'm just going to have a little fun at the moment and suggest in the very far future, say 200 years from now, there will still be genealogists, no doubt. It would probably be a lot easier for them, wouldn't it, because of all the stuff that's out there on everybody? Well, so yes and no. What, what will happen is there'll be a lot of records and, and, and a lot of materials, you know, who knows how Facebook will be archived in 100 <laughs> years, which would be an amazing view into by future generations into their ancestors. Sure. But the thing that is, that is disappearing that was one of the backbones of genealogy for hundreds of years is all the letters, the personal correspondence. And so one of the things that we challenge our members and visitors to do is if you have important emails or important text messages, make a copy uh, because those may disappear and there may be Mm. uh, a lot of information about people, but not necessarily as much in their voice or in their own words um, so, so it's one of the paradoxes about today is there'll be a lot of information about people, but it may not be in the same forms that we've seen over hundreds of years. Well, this is fascinating. Of course, we're just giving an overview, but how can people help support your organization, Brenton? Well, I hope they'll visit us at AmericanAncestors.org. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization. We have 105 employees and uh we certainly are always looking for financial support. We're about to grow our campus in Boston's Back Bay so that we can serve the public with a new discovery center and have more activities here online and in person. And we would love to have people come visit us, have a personal experience, and we will guide them in their research. I was lucky enough to visit you at your home in the South End when I lived in the South End. And if your home isn't a museum in waiting, I don't know what is, you have the most <laughs> amazing collection of, of books and historical artifacts. Well, Really impressive, I wanted to say. Well, thank you. I do call it the museum. I work in a museum <laughs> and I live in a museum, and it's, uh, it's, uh, that, that is my life. You and your team have done a remarkable well, job, and it's, it's certainly nice to focus on you and, and promote the fact that it's there and thriving. AmericanAncestors.org. Doctor, is, is it doctor, by the way? No, it's just D. I'm waiting for an honorary degree. Well, the D... No, it's just D. Brenton Simons. All right. I'm going to suggest doctor to be in the future, D. Brenton <laughs> Simons, President and CEO. Thank you so much for joining Thank us, and you, God bless. Rich. This was fun. Thanks again to D. Brenton Simons, President and CEO of American Ancestors and the New England Historic Genealogical Society, online at AmericanAncestors.org. You'll get swept up in it, I guarantee you, but what a way to go. Thanks again for subscribing and downloading our show. We'll soon be approaching our 150th episode, and I'd like to say a special hello to podcast listeners from around the world, from Vietnam to Israel to Argentina to Guam. Thank you so much for finding us and spreading the good word. So, until next time, this is Jordan Rich, as always, saying be well so you can do good. Take care.